This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the We Be Our Podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Westenbroom's Women's Advancement Commission. Welcome. This is Rachel Bear, and you are listening to the We Be Our Podcast, an initiative of Mayor Sharon Weston Broom's Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting podcast225.com or by listening to the Apple Podcast app. Today I'm joined by my co-host, Lee Phillips, the Director of Learning at the Baton Rouge Youth Coalition and a fellow Women's Advancement Commission member. Thank you, Rachel. It's a pleasure to be here and to serve as part of the commission. Our guest today is Vernadine Mabry from the City of Baton Rouge, Paris of East Baton Rouge, Division of Human Development and Services, DHDS. Vernadine is a graduate of Dillard University in New Orleans and LSU in Baton Rouge and has a master's in public administration. In 2018, she was appointed again as the director of DHDS. Vernadine is passionate about providing access to programs and services to assist the most vulnerable in improving their quality of life. She is likewise committed to improving efficiencies, streamlining processes, and working collaboratively with the community partners and stakeholders to address the needs of the community while maximizing community resources. Welcome to the show, Vernadine. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Welcome. So, you know, before we dig into your questions, could you tell us a little bit about what DHDS is and what you do? Absolutely. Again, thank you so much for having me. The Division of Human Development and Services is the social service component of the City of Baton Rouge, East Baton Rouge Parish. We are responsible for providing access to programs and services to assist the most vulnerable within our community um, and improving their quality of life. The department is comprised of four departments, um, Head Start, Early Head Start, the Office of Social Services, which is our Community Action Agency, Employee BR, which is our Workforce Development Program, and the Brian White HIV Programs. We have a staff of about 350 plus, um, and we look forward every day to helping the citizens in our community improve their quality of life. So you guys do a lot. We do a lot. That's so great. I feel like maybe the community isn't really aware of all that you do. And Rachel, we really need to do a better job at making sure the community is aware of all the many programs and services that are available and provided through city government. So we're going we're gonna to do a better job with that. That sounds great. Certainly this podcast may help. Excellent. <laughs> so Vernadine, we're here to learn more about you. So can you start by telling us about your journey and how you came to do this work in Baton Rouge? Great. So originally from New Orleans, I moved to Baton Rouge when I was 26 years old. One of the first jobs I got was with this department. At that time, I was with the JTPA program, and I don't want to say how old I am, but <laughs> uh, it was JTPA then. Today, they call it WIOA. Um, but my career actually started in this department, and in that capacity, uh, my job was to go out and find jobs for other people within the community. Fortunately, in the same position, I got laid off from this department five different times. Eventually, I got uh, over to the Delmar Service Center, where I served as a director there, 
for about eight years and then eventually got promoted to the assistant director of human development services and then the director of human development services. This is actually my second time at this position in this capacity. Something that I'm very passionate about is how do we provide services to the most vulnerable in our community, but how do we do that in a collective effort, a collaborative effort? It should not just be the work or the responsibility of local government. If we have to engage the community around uh, providing access to programs and services, everybody needs an opportunity to be successful. Definitely. Wow, 350-plus staff. Yes. So you oversee a large uh, group of people. I do. Do you enjoy being in this position? Uh, passionate about it. Yeah, I can Passionate tell. about it. Um, and if you can imagine 350 people and 350 personalities, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my Certainly. desire is that I get the right people in the right position that likewise share the same commitment I have to want to help others. And, and it's a culture change. You know, years ago, you know, you'd come to the door and somebody on the other side of the desk might not even care what your, what your needs are. And I guess until you make this work personal, until it hits home, and I guess it's a, a tribute to the way that I was raised. I was one of six kids and the only one to go to further my education. So I always felt a responsibility to my sisters and brothers. They didn't always listen to me. <laughs> didn't mean I loved them any less, but you, I'm willing to help anybody that's willing to help themselves. And so that transitioned to my professional career that I still want to help everybody that want to help themselves, but I want to do it with a spirit of excellence. And so I hope that I can engage those kind of people within the department that likewise share my commitment to helping others. That's wonderful. So what's the greatest lesson you've learned in your career? Everybody deserves a second chance, third chance, fourth chance. You just never know on any given day when customers come into our door, you just don't know what folks are dealing with. You don't know. You could be the difference between them eating at night, lights on, being evicted. You just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, Pull all that behind you. What can I do to help you today? And I, I get satisfaction just knowing that I just did something that made that family life a little bit better. Yeah. I hear the compassion in your voice. And that's something that is such a gift that you give to this position, and especially doing it for so long. It sounds like you really make it personal. You know, and it's something that you can't, either you have it or you don't. It's not, nothing that I can, I'm not even smart enough to act it. It's just within me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that I generally want to see people do better. Um, and But it's not something I can take on by myself. I have to engage the community. How can we collectively give everybody the opportunity to be successful? Uh, no judgment. How can we help? And so we've got to find out a way. How do we maximize our resources um, to make sure that when someone's in need, they know where to go? How do we connect the dots? Yeah. So what are you most proud of throughout your career? Uh, A couple of things. First and foremost, I find great satisfaction in knowing that it's something that I did, some door I opened, some wall I knocked down that made a difference in the family life. You know, it's good. Uh, I remember when I was at the Delmont Service Center, I used to have this community job link program where I would allow the community to come in and I could have those conversations about what you need to do in order to get a job, right? Heart to heart, you know. And then years later for somebody to come back, a young lady to come back and say, Miss Maybe you don't know this, but you made a difference in my life. You changed the pathway that I was on. I 
I get that's fulfillment. That means I go to bed, I snore at night because I, <laughs> I did what I was supposed to do. I, that, but then the other thing is that when I left the city of Baton Rouge and I went to the state of Georgia, I was the director of the Department of Family and Children's Services there to be recognized as the state county director of the year for my exemplary leadership wow. um, and most improved child out, welfare outcomes. You know, for an outsider to go outside and, and make that kind of compliment, I'm really proud of that. But that just goes to show you whatever you've been equipped to do, it doesn't matter where you are. You're going to be successful. Yeah. It sounds like this is a true calling or it vocation really for is. you. It really is. Yeah. I can remember when my mom was living, um, whenever she used to work in um, in New Orleans at Woolworth, right? And anybody <laughs> coming in with a problem, wait, let me let you talk to my daughter. She can help you. <laughs> I'm going, no, mom, I can't do that. My, not everywhere. So it's just something that was entrenched into me as I was coming up. My parents always told my kids, listen to your big sister, listen to your big sister. So I'm almost like a sister to everybody. I want to help everybody who want to help themselves. Yeah. You, it sounds like you play such an important role in the city. And I'm so glad we're highlighting you on this podcast because really the lives you've touched, it sounds like it's just countless. Thank you so much for that recognition. But it's just another piece of government that we just leave off sometimes. Yeah, we're concerned about the taxes and the infrastructure and all that, but we also care about human services. We also care that the least of them have the same opportunities that the rest of us have. And I'm glad to be a part of that. Yeah. Before we started the podcast, you were bragging about a new electronic uh, website service you guys are launching. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, now that's really, I'm excited about that because what it does for the first time, well, the second time, because I did this prior when I was the director last time, um, I, it's time for us to get away with the paper, do everything electronically, right? So I'm excited about that because now it will integrate all of our departments and likewise create an atmosphere where I can share with our community stakeholders. It's all about the numbers. And let the data dictate where those gaps in services are, what do we need to do differently, who should be at the table, and how do we engage industry to help us do this? You know, you can go to work every day and make $9 and $10 an hour. That would not help sustain a family in Baton Rouge. We've got the Find a way. You know, all of my programs have strict eligibility rules, right? So I can't bypass those rules. But I need to have some partners around me that say, Vernon Dean, we still want to help and we'll contribute to help that cause. So how do I engage the community to help me do that? Um, so that's what I'm excited about. But this software is going to put us on the map. I'm excited about that. I'm a kind of techie girl, so I'm all about <laughs> technology. But I'm really excited because it's going to improve our efficiencies. We'll be able to serve more people faster. And it'll help make a lot of decisions that normally take time for humans to, to make those decisions it's going to do it instantaneously real-time information so i'm excited about that in fact we're training this week um programming the, the software now i'm excited about that that is exciting for you and for the city of baton rouge i can't wait I, to check it out i can't wait i can't wait <laughs> um so tell me you know the the podcast is we be our women empowering baton rouge what advice would you have for other women that are maybe starting their career or in the midst of their career? What are some things you've learned and, and what would you like to tell them? I think the most important thing for me is to be true to who you are. There were times when I couldn't find a job in public service and that's all I've ever done um, was public service and I strayed to do something a little differently. And while you can have some success, it was not really who I am. I didn't wake up on fire every morning and I'm passionate about what I was doing. Stay true to who you are. So I know that my calling, what I'm supposed to be doing is human services. I'm supposed to be helping others improve the quality of their lives. That's what I was called to do. And if I learn anything, 
stay the past, stay on your lane, you know, don't venture off, stay where you know where you're good at, because in doing so, that's where the voice comes from, and that's where the passion, you can really tell when somebody's passionate about what they're doing, if they're in the right place or not, it shows up, and what yeah. they say and what they do, this is the area where I'm supposed to be at. I love that. And and that really speaks to me as, uh, so I'm the director of STAR. It's a, a program here in Baton Rouge. And, and I think that one thing you gain by continuing in the path that you're on is that you keep all your lessons and all the institutional knowledge you've gained. You know, I think I see a lot of people changing careers pretty often. And, and I think the value that I've seen in you is that you've been over 20 years working in public service and just keep going at it and all these new initiatives that are coming out you can take the knowledge you've learned along the way to say like no this is going to push us further and further yeah and you know Rachel, i really have a very competitive spirit and so when <laughs> i when i'm going trainings across the country i'm going okay why are we not there why i'm not facilitating this why the city of bad news out on the map I, I love want that. us to get there. We are not supposed to be the tail. We're <laughs> supposed to be the head. And so I'm looking forward to taking us to the levels that we deserve to be at. Why can't we have a modern human service um, department? Why we can't show other cities what we're doing? And I'm hoping with this new t- technology that that's going to help uh, elevate us to where we need to be at. That is outstanding. I want every person in local government to have your same spirit because I think it would put us on the map. And we going. We getting it's so there. exciting. <laughs> so, uh, let me tell you. Let me ask you. What message would you leave with our listeners today? What do you want them to learn from your journey? And um, I guess the biggest lesson I've learned is that um, I'm going to go back. I'm true to who I am. I am who I am. You know. I don't fit in. If, if you're not about helping the cause of improving the quality of life, I'm kind of like no nonsense. It is what it is. I am who I am. Yeah. Um, and I don't waver in that. And you can find yourself by yourself sometimes, but I'm okay with that because I know what I was called to do. Yeah. And so I am, be true to who you are. You know, find your passion. Find what it is that you love to do. You wake up every morning. I wake up thinking, okay, how am I going to fix this? Or how am I going to fix that? Or how am I going to provide this service? Or, or what's the hindering blocks for us helping this per- person? You know, that's who I am. That's what I do. Uh, and I don't waver from that. And I had to learn the hard way. Wavering, you know, uh, and I wasn't as su- successful as I was until I got back into where I was really mm-hmm. supposed to be at. Then, okay, there's a sense of, Okay, I'm comfortable. Yeah. Okay, what wall am I knocked down today? Mm-hmm. So I, I wake I up with that, that fight uh, as it relates to human services. What wall am I knocked down today? Who's going to get in my way? Who do I not need to knock down today? You I know? love that. <laughs> you know, because Just cut I am through it supposed all. to be the voice for the most vulnerable within the community. That means I got to have a voice. Yeah. Might not always align with everybody else, but I have a voice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I look forward to those opportunities. In fact, staff will tell you, okay, tell me what the problem is. What's the problem? Who I need to not? Who I need to call? I'm on it. I'm yes. on it. I'm on it. Yes. That's what I do. Get it done. Yes. Thank you. No excuses. Well, I have... I feel so excited to learn all this new information. And, and before we leave, Lee's going to ask one of our more fun questions to leave our listeners with. Bernadine, if you had a guest visiting Baton Rouge for 24 hours, where would you take them? Mmm, Lee. <laughs> 24 hours. You say Baton Rouge. Well, well, we got to go eat for sure. Right, right. <laughs> got to get some seafood. And everybody know I'm all about the seafood. Uh, where would I take them? 
depending on the guest, business or pleasure. Business, they got to come to human services. I need them to make an investment in human services <laughs> to help me meet the needs of the very people that I intended to serve. Pleasure, I got to go to the LSU game. Uh, got to get to a Southern football game. Need to see the marching band. Um, I don't know. I don't get out that much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Bring the food to the to the office. I'll tell you more about human services. Help me meet the needs of the people That's that I'm right. supposed to be serving. Yes. Singular Wonderful. focus. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Verna Dean. This thank has you been, so much. It was my pleasure. Yeah, it's been a real treat. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the WeBR podcast, an initiative of Mayor, Mayor Sharon Weston Broom's Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen and subscribe to our podcast by visiting podcast225.com or by listening through the Apple Podcast app. Thanks for listening to the We Be Our Podcast, Women Empowering Baton Rouge. This podcast is an initiative of Mayor Sharon Weston Broom's Women's Advancement Commission.